Well, thank you, Emily. That was beautiful. I was going to sing that, but I thought, you know, let's have Emily do that. It's a wonderful song, and it fits so well. Thank you also to Justin and Jevin. You guys, the music you picked was perfect. And it was fun to hear Gabriel sing along with his mom. That was wonderful. So, welcome everyone to the last service, Grace Bible Church for 2023. Tomorrow begins 2024, and I was trying to pick a, a think of a, a, a verse or something we could look at to go into the new year. I've been going through the Psalms, we'll get back into the Psalms when, when we get back into them, but I just thought, what do we do as believers? We're, we're here this morning. When we looked at 2023, we looked back at it, it was definitely an interesting year. We're able to watch our world, like Pastor Brandon was saying as he was praying, continue to slide into the wickedness. We saw confusion, chaos, there's always unrest. I mean, we have a couple of military battles going on. We have Russia fighting in the Ukraine, we have Israel, they're fighting Hamas and Hezbollah. And now we've heard rumors that China and Russia may be about to enter into an alliance. And most of the world literally hates Israel and the Jewish people. And we live in a very, very uncertain world. And also when we look around at just at our once great country, the United States, we see all the evil stuff just kind of rising to the top. And I mean, we have the highest suicide rate that we've ever had for people under the age of 25. We have a huge moral shift happening in the so-called church where the church and the world have merged together to the point where we have pastors, I guess so-called pastors, now embracing sin. And we have people who claim to be believers but say they don't believe in or follow God's Word. And we have self-love. Self-love is at an all-time high. The me-first mindset is everywhere. Our world is is very confused and unstable, maybe as it's ever been. So as we say goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024, what can we do as believers in this unstable, confused world? Well, the title of today's sermon is, for 2024, We Trust in the Lord. And what I'd like to do is look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs comes right after the book of Psalms. In Proverbs chapter 3. So as we're about to enter into another year, and as it seems like our world is continuing its slide downward towards more wickedness, as believers, what and who do we trust? 2024 is an election year, but, but who and what are we going to trust? How are we going to, as believers, have a happy 2024? Well, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. So Proverbs 3, starting at verse 1, and God's Word says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart guard my commandments. For length of days and years of life, and peace they will, be, they will add to you. Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. 
and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And that ends the reading of God's holy word. And let's go to the Lord and have him bless our time in his word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you and your word. And Father, we are thankful for all the blessings that you've given us in 2023. And we pray that you help us through 2024. Father, we do live in strange times, but we ask that you help us put all our trust in you. Help us to always remember that you will never let us go, never let us down, or never let us off. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be our guide today as we look at your word. And please forgive me my shortcomings and preach a better message than I have prepared. We ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So, how can we as believers living in an uncertain, unstable, and confused world have a happy 2024? Well, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we find three truths here. The first truth in verses 1 and 2 is we will see God's directions. God's directions. And the second truth in verses 3 and 4, we see God's process. God's process. And then the third truth in verses 5 and 6, we see God's assurance. God's assurance. So how can we have a happy 2024? Well, Proverbs, 1, Proverbs 3, 1 through 6 tells us how we can do this. It's through God's direction, His process, the way it's done, and His assurance that if we follow His directions, He will bless us. So let's dive in to God's holy word. And truth number one, God's directions. So let's look at verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart guard my commandments. So here in the book of Proverbs, which is mostly written by Solomon, David's son, Proverbs are mainly written by Solomon, and there are a couple other wise men that also wrote in these, Agar and Lamel. And the word proverb means to be like, to be like. So the book of Proverbs are like teachings, but they're not absolute promises, but they're general teachings in in the best way to live your life. So we have Solomon here. He's giving us some simple moral statements or illustrations that stress and teach us some fundamental realities about life. And we know that Solomon asked God for wisdom. He did that in 2 Chronicles 1.10. And God gave him wisdom. And we find the the prepositional statement for the whole book of Proverbs is found in Proverbs 1.7. The whole theme of Proverbs. It says in Proverbs 1.7, The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Ignorant fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so that's the theme of the book of Proverbs. Fearing the Lord. That means understanding just who He is. How mighty He is. How holy He is. And so the book of Proverbs was written with the purpose of teaching us some of these short instructions on how to live our lives, knowing just who Yahweh is. And here, as we look at Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon is going to give us instructions on how we should live in this uncertain, unstable, and confused world. These really are life's most profound truths here. And in verse 1, we see how chapter 3 begins with this phrase, my son. And this my son, it's a very loving and personal way to begin this chapter. Because what follows next, it isn't just a harsh command. It's, it's not do this or else. 
It's, it's more like a loving father speaking to his son some heartfelt directions for life. So it's a loving, moving way to move us to see Yahweh God's directions for life. And the most important part of God's directions are found here in the last part of verse 1. Do not forget my law. So does this mean that well, all we have to do is just memorize God's law and everything's going to go well for us? No, that's not what it's saying. Because this is more than just a memory thing. Because it's not just with our minds that we live out Yahweh's laws. It's not just a routine. It's not just a habit. It's not just acting out the, the actions of God's law. But it's lived out through our hearts. Yes, it is a life of obedience. But it's a life of obedience of love. Of love that flows from our heart. So we don't just set our minds on God's law. We set our heart on God's law. And God's law is found in God's Word. There is only one God, and He has spoken in one book. And if we do what His Word tells us to do, we will experience the result that the Bible is the most powerful book ever. Why? Because it is the only divine book. It is not the Word of men. It is the very Word of God. And so we have the bad news, which is the God's law. We have God's law, which shows us that we're sinners and that, and that we, we never live the way God's law commands us to live. We can't live that way. The law shows us how holy God is and how sinful we are because we've all broken God's law. This fits with the theme of Proverbs, which is, again, remember, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge because we need to understand we're sinners before we can understand that we need salvation. If we don't understand we're lost, then why would we even need to be saved? So it's the fear of God, who He is, His holiness, that opens our eyes to all of this, which leads us to the good news. The good news then is also in God's Word. We have the Gospel. The Gospel shows us the way we can be saved. The law is, is, is like our tutor. It leads us to Christ. John Stott wrote, we cannot come to Christ to be justified until we've first been to Moses to be condemned. So when Solomon says, my son, do not forget my law. It's like, it's, it's Yahweh's law. It's like God is speaking here. It's a loving way of saying, my son, don't try to live your life without God's word. That everything that God wants you to know is in his word. So when we see the world changing, all the uncertainty, the confusion, there is no uncertainty or confusion with God's Word. So don't forget them. Don't let life and the world pull you away from them. And the last part of verse 1, it says, but let your heart guard my commandments. Again, where is our heart? Our heart is inside us. So this is not an outside, it's not an inside, Outside-in obedience. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inside-out obedience. Jerry Bridges once said that, that the heart is the first thing that wanders away from God, and it's the, also the first thing that returns to God. So it's very important that, that all of our heart is, is set on the holy words of Scripture. Why? We ask why. Because God's Word is something we can build our lives around, knowing that will never fail us. We can trust the 66 books of the Bible with total confidence. We can trust the Word of God no matter what comes. The Word of God is worthy of our complete devotion to believe it completely and entirely to obey it to the best and fullest of our ability 
to believe fully in the Christ which the Word points us to and reveals to us and give all of our life, all of our hopes, all of our desires. We love the Word of God if we do. That will, it's not going to be wasted. That's what God's Word assures us. It will not be a waste. Here's what Yahweh God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verses 7 and 8. Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Yahweh said this to Joshua after he was to replace Moses as Israel's leader. He said, Only be strong and courageous and be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn aside from it to the right or to the left so that you may be prosperous wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way successful, and then you will be prosperous. These are God's directions for life. And look at verse 2 here in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, For length of days and years of life and peace, they will be added to you. So does this mean that the righteous people are going to live longer than the wicked people? Well, not necessarily so. Remember, this is an absolute promise, but, but for the righteous, no matter how many days we have on this earth, we still have all eternity to come for length of days and years of life. So this, this not only means that years lived, but also the years worth living. And the last part of verse 2 says, and peace, they will be added to you. This word peace, it, it gives the meaning of, of wholeness, completeness. It's the good that comes to the one God favors. Really, it means that if we don't neglect or forget God's word, and if we guard it with our heart, we will have harmony in our lives. Harmony in our relationships. Harmony in our marriages. Our friendships in our church. Because the meaning of harmony is Harmony means a pleasing arrangement of parts. So it's an internal calm. And this is, this is what God directs us, what His directions tell us here in, the first, in this first truth and how to have a happy 2024. So the first truth is we saw God's directions. Now the second truth, we see God's process. Verses 3 and 4, God's process. Here's how we, 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 we live out His directions. Verse 3 begins, Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So, because we're fallen sinners, and even though we're now born again, we are still prone to wander away from the truth from time to time. So here we're encouraged to wear them like a necklace so we never forget them. It's interesting here that Solomon uses the words loving kindness and truth because we see these two characteristics always apply to Yahweh God when dealing with man. We usually always see loving kindness and truth mentioned together. Why? Because loving kindness and truth are the glorious perfections of Yahweh God. And we can count on these two perfections for salvation. And when we're saved, we're a new creation and then we're being transformed into His likeness. And so loving kindness and truth should be in us. And this word loving kindness or mercy, it's the Hebrew word hest. Hest is an active, faithful love. It's a persistent, unconditional tenderness 
kindness, and mercy. And so it's a relationship in which we seek after a spouse with love and mercy. And this word for truth, it's to confirm, support, and believe. Which means we're to walk and conduct ourselves according to God's holy standards. And God is the God of truth. God is the definition of truth. He is absolutely true. And all truth matches up with God's actions. God is all that He as God should be. And that His Word and revelation are completely reliable. God is absolutely dependable without falseness of any kind. And that's why our Lord Jesus made the claim in John chapter 14 and verse 6. He said, I am the truth. He can make that claim because He will never go back on any promise He has made. It tells us here not to forsake loving kindness and truth in God's Word. But we're supposed to tie them around our neck as a reminder. To write them deep within our heart. We see that to write them deep within our heart. The heart again, this, this heart again is inside us. It's, it's, so, it's, like, it's like with every beat of our heart, we're remembering God's loving kindness and truth. And for the Old Testament Jew, even some today do it, but they used to take this a step farther. They would, they would write Bible text on the doorposts of their home. They did this so that when they went out, the text on the doorposts were there to remind them. They would remind them of where they're going. Who will they be with? What business are they transacting? And they will, be, they will need to be mindful of their conduct, to guard their conversation, to watch out for their character, because God never sleeps. And then when they returned home, the text on the doorposts would cross-examine them. They would examine themselves. Did they match up with God's Word? So for us, we can memorize Bible verses, but even then, God's Word can still get pushed out of our minds in the rush and busyness of life. That's why we place them in our heart. This is the process that God wants us to do. He wants, he wants them not just in our minds, but deep into our heart. God directs us to love His Word. He asks us to place them in our heart. And if we do, His loving kindness and truth will, will just come flowing out of us, flowing out of our lives. And when they do, look at verse 4. So you will find favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. Notice the word find here. So you will find favor. This, this is a truth that we'll have to learn for ourselves. And there's no way that the unrighteous can ever find this. As believers, we have to live this out to find it. This word favor, it's, it means grace or act, acts of kindness. So really, this is someone that can look up to Yahweh God and then look out to their fellow man. And there's no faking. There's no putting on an act. No, their, their life is an open book. They're not living a double life. Their approval is both before God and man. And remember, we, we can't be right before men if we're not right before God. All our relationships are kept as a result of a right relationship with God. And we can see this example in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26. In 1 Samuel 2.26 it says, Now the young boy Samuel was growing in stature and in favor both with Yahweh and with men. And we see it in the New Testament in Luke chapter 2 verse 52. 
In Luke 2.52, it tells us, And Jesus was advancing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This is what it is telling us here in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. When Solomon says, Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. So how can we as believers living in these uncertain, unstable, and confused world have a happy 2024? We're looking at these three truths here in Proverbs chapter 3. The first truth we saw, again, God's direction. Here's what we are to do. Second truth, we saw God's process. Here's how we are to do it. And now the third truth, we have God's assurance. Verses 5 and 6. God's assurance. Verse 5. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So why can we trust Yahweh God? Well, because Yahweh God is the covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God, the self-existent God who is great. He is the great I am who I am. And the God who is the God of His people. And the God who keeps the promises of, to those who, who come to Him in faith. So we can trust Him with all our heart. And we do not lean on our own understanding. We trust Him. But, but really, what does it mean to trust Him? To trust Yahweh God. Well, the, the word trust means who are we leaning on? God or ourselves? This word trust here has the meaning of to, to, to lie helpless. To lie helpless face down. Face down. Like, like the picture of a servant waiting for his master's command and the readiness to obey. Or like a defeated soldier submitting himself to the conquering general. So what this trust means is it's, it's our total helplessness and dependence upon God. So what's going to happen in 2024? We don't really know but we can trust God. What will the future bring us? We don't know, but we can trust God. Why are some of us going through trials and troubles? We don't know, but we can trust God. We understand that life is hard. We can all see our, life, our world getting darker. We can all sense that things most likely are not going to get better, but worse. But we don't have to be controlled by fear or anxiety. We can trust God. We don't know what's coming out there. We, we don't know what's coming in 2024. But as believers, if we are born again, we can have faith in Christ because God, we can trust God again because He never forgets His children. Trust is confidence that God will bless us as one of His children. Because as we look at Proverbs 3 and verses 1 through 6, we can see that God does honor obedience. God blesses those who follow Him. God blesses those who put their trust in Christ. That is, that is an absolute guarantee that rules the moral universe. I know I said that Proverbs aren't guarantees, but this one is. God blesses those who put their trust in Christ. This is... This is who God is. This is, this, is, this is what He does for His people. And it's God who knows everything. He, he knows all the hard things that come into our lives. He knows what's going on in the world right now. He knows how sinful and dark this world is and that it's getting darker. 
But Solomon is telling us here in verse 5 that we can trust in Yahweh God with all our heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. So why don't we lean on our own understanding? Well, because if we lean on our own understanding, we can lose hope real quick. Because when we look at all the stuff going on in the world today, nothing makes sense. I mean, it's, it's weird. We, we live in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. We can't define what a woman is. Men can have babies. Nothing makes sense. But we don't lean on our own understanding. Instead, we trust God because everything is going the way He planned it. And that's why it must be with all of our heart. We talked about the heart many times. That's why God wants the process to be in our heart. Because it can't be a halfway trust. It must be a complete trust. It must be like a childlike trust. It has to be unwavering. And we trust in our Father's well-proved wisdom, faithfulness, and love. And we can have this childlike faith because our Lord God is loving and righteous. He's true and faithful. God's Word tells us that this God knows what we need even before we ask Him. God's Word tells us that He knows the number of the hairs on our head. He knows us intimately. He knows when we get up and when we sit down. Scripture says that nothing is too difficult for Him. God's Word says that this this loving Father sent His Son into the world to be a propitiation for our sin. That while we were still in our rebellion, while we were sinners in our sin, in our spiritual death and depravity, God sent a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gladly offered His life on a cross and shed His blood so that our sins could be forgiven and God could give us a new life and then declare us righteous and receive us into heaven forever. That is who God is. That is what God has done for us. And also God's Word tells us that those of us who know Him, He has reserved a place in heaven for us. Never to be taken away. That's undefiled, unfading. And having caused us to be born again through the living hope in the resurrection of Christ, who is, who, that's who God is. That's what He's done for us. And this is the same God that has given us His Scriptures and His Word. And He has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit and He has promised to keep us until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we need to have all this written in our heart, all these truths that God truly is love, righteousness, faithful, and true. And again, He showed us just who He is when He sent His very own Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, into this world, when Christ gave Himself on the cross, and when Christ rose from the dead, and having ascended into heaven, and now our Lord Jesus is at the Father's right hand. And what is He doing right now at this second? He's interceding for you and for me. Our Lord Jesus is representing us in the throne room in heaven with His perfected, completed work that now He represents us. Just think about that. Let that sink in. Right now, our Lord Jesus is in heaven representing us before the Holy Father. And He says to us, Father, that one belongs to me. That one belongs to me. And so the blessings of God, that they're secured in the most holy, intimate place in the universe. Why does He do that? Because the Son died for us and rose for us and represents us right now. And that's truth. 
This isn't something that was just made up by a bunch of guys sitting around a table. They didn't just make this up. No, this is what God, God's Word tells us. And so for those of us who have repented and put our faith in Christ, yes, we're still going to have hard times. Yes, our world is getting darker by the hour. But when we put, our, put all those truths into our heart and we look at, at these great realities and trust, and we trust with hope and confidence in them, that means whatever is coming in 2024, we can trust Yahweh God because all that He has already done for us. We love Him with all our heart, soul, and mind. That means it's an undivided love. It's an undivided heart. It's an undivided in this, in this confidence and the goodness of God. So when it says, trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, that is to trust in Yahweh God, it means to have an, an unconditional confidence. An unconditional confidence that God will, will be good to us in the end. No matter what trial or trouble we're in right now, and that's not because of blind faith that we do this. It's not a blind faith. Blind faith is believing without a true understanding. But it's everything that we have witnessed God has done, is doing, and will do. We think about our salvation. We put our faith and hope and trust in Him. It says in Isaiah chapter 26, and verses 3 and 4, in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, it tells us, the steadfast of mine will keep you in perfect peace because He trusts in you. Trust in Yahweh forever. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. So this is not a blind faith. Because we know our Yahweh God. We know who He is. He's our unmovable, unshakable fortress where we can always find safety, security, and peace. So in 2024, who will we trust? Will we trust our own understanding? Will we trust in ourselves? Not if we want a happy 2024. Why? Because we can look at our life, and some of us here today are young, and you're in good shape, and you can start to think, I'm young, I'm healthy. This is going to be a good year. I have my whole life ahead of me. But we can't forget about James chapter 4, and verses 13 and 14. James said in 4.13 and 14, he said, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And this is what Solomon is telling us here in verse 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't base our lives looking at our own understanding, basing it on what we see. We must also not base our lives on what we feel. If we do, if we base our perception on on our life on what we see and feel, that's leaning on our own understanding when we do that. We need to stop trusting in what we see. We need to stop trusting in our own abilities to handle whatever life is bringing to us. And instead, we trust in Yahweh God. And if we trust in God, we will have a happy new year. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 of Proverbs 3 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. We want a closer walk with our Lord in 2024. It says, In all your ways acknowledge Him. 
And did you notice the in all? In all, that's everything. From large to small, from major to minor. Acknowledge Him. When we think of the word acknowledge, we tend to think of someone giving a friendly nod. Tip of the cap. We're acknowledging someone by recognizing that they're there with maybe a little hello. But here in verse 6, it's more than that. The Hebrew word for acknowledge means an intimate knowledge. Close, intimate knowledge. It's the same word that's used in Exodus 33 when God says, I have known Moses by name. I have known him. He knows him intimately. So verse 5 tells us, trust God with all our heart. And verse 6 tells us, know him in all your ways. This is an all-out call that all of our affections, all of our priorities, all of our activities are to be just overflowing with the knowledge of this exalted God. For the course of our life to be determined by it. In all our ways acknowledge or know Him. So this isn't just a fire escape plan. This just isn't a backup plan. This isn't just our insurance policy. No, this is the reason we exist. The reason we exist is in, in order to know this God. What did our Lord Jesus say was the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That doesn't mean that we only pray to Him when our life isn't going so good, when things are tough. No, this means our heart belongs to Him, including all of our affections. We give all of our lives over to the One who died for us and saved us. This is why we exist. It's an intimate walk with our Savior. And then the last part of verse 6, we see more of God's assurance. When we walk with Him, like He asks us to, what else will He do? He will make your path straight. Paths. This word paths, it means the course of our life. Remember back in Psalm 1, we had the two roads or the two paths in life. There's the path of the wicked and the path of the righteous. And believers are on the path of the righteous, not because of anything that we did, but because of what our Lord Jesus did for us. It's His path. He just picked us up off that path and put us on the path of the righteous. We are on the path of the, of the wicked. And so this word straight, it means cutting a straight road through difficult terrain. And so it's to make a straight path. So this doesn't mean that this path doesn't have obstacles for us. It's not clear sailing all the way. No, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be rocks and bumps on the path. But the path is laid out, which means we, we will make it all the way to the end. It's a path. If we trust Him, He'll get us to the end. So who do you trust for in 2024? If we want a happy new year, we must look to God's directions. We must understand His process and believe His assurance. And so as we conclude today, as we, as we wrap this up, again, today is, today is New Year's Eve. And so 2023 is about to end and 2024 is about to begin. And so for us to have a happy 2024, here in Proverbs 3, and verses 1-6, through 6, Solomon told us we need to know our God. And not just, know, not just to know of Him, but to know Him intimately. To have a personal relationship with Him. And the only way we can have that is to have an intimate relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And if we are in Christ, He can give all, if we give all of our heart to Him, we can do that because in order to obey our Lord, we must trust our Lord. And the key to trusting Him is growing closer to Him. 
The closer we grow in Him, the more we know Him, the more we can trust Him. So as we're about to enter 2024, ask the question again, who will you trust? We live in, again, crazy, uncertain, confused world, but we can trust God. And I'll let English pastor John Gill's words close this out. For us to have a happy new year, a happy 2024, here's what John Gill once said. If we trust God, that means we set Him before us. So we always have Him in view. We consider Him as always with us. That He's watching every step we take. And we don't take one step without His advice. We ask for His wisdom. So we look to His Word and make the Scriptures our counselor. And as we walk the path of the righteous, we take Him as our guide. We look to His providence. We follow the Lamb, our Lord Jesus Christ, where He leads. We don't walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And when the storms of life hit us in the face, we submit to His sovereignty. We be still and know that He is God. That He does all things for good, for His own glory. And when things do go well, we give Him all the glory. So 2024, let's trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much. We thank You so much for another year. You have blessed us so much in 2023. We pray that we would trust You more with all our heart in 2024. Father, as one year ends and another is about to begin, we are so thankful that You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You never change. So we can trust in You always. We ask All this, Father, in your name. Amen.